All right, and welcome back. You know who it is. It's the Two Sexy Beauties. I'm Luke. That's Kyle. Today, we have a very special guest, our boy Derek the Boz, Bosworth from Dynasty Nerds, and I guess my new official, I guess, you know, uh, co-worker. So, Boz, you got anything you want to say? Yeah, man, I'm excited to have you on the Nerds team, and uh, I'm excited to have the boys back. I love the podcast. All right, and I guess you know what? While we're on the top positive notes, let's talk the first big trade. I mean, there's no news yet on when, so the only big quarterback trade to talk about so far is the Rams trading Jared Goff, two future first-round picks, and a future third, all for just Matthew Stafford. What's your perspective on the trade, boys? Who do you think won? Boz, hit us with your thoughts first. Yeah, uh, Detroit definitely got the better end of that deal. I think um, at this point in his career, Stafford, like I love Stafford. I think he's a great quarterback. But at this yeah, we point, we all know you do. I remember that from last year. <laughs> You're like, yeah, I take him everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, at this point in his career, he's he's worth probably a first and a third. And to get rid of Goff, it probably cost him another third. That's how I see it because his contract was tough to take in. Yeah, um, I think Detroit won the trade as well. Um, I think Stafford obviously helps the Rams out right now, but I just feel like the Rams are getting way too desperate. We haven't had a first-round pick from them since they drafted Jared Goff. I don't really know what they're doing at this point. They're just going down this cap hell uh, more than anything else. I do think Goff isn't anything to write home about. I think more so the trade probably stems from I think McVay just not like Goff at all. And you kind of got those vibes and just was like, you need to get rid of this guy or I'm fucking leaving. Like, that's what I got. You know what? The biggest thing nobody's focusing on is the biggest winner in this, even though they got fleeced, wasn't like it wasn't the Rams, wasn't the Lions. It's not even Matthew Stafford. The biggest winner in this trade is Matthew Stafford's wife. (laughs) That lady hated that organization with a burning passion like i i can't imagine how happy she is but you know it, it leads i am curious though right now would you guys not not dynasty but just fantasy in general would you put matthew stafford preseason rankings anywhere in the top 10 right now yeah for sure for yeah, sure yeah i, I would as well i'd have him probably around around where i'd have lamar like eight nine yeah, yeah, I could see that, too. Uh, you know, they got a loaded offensive system, right? I'm a little worried. They still got to clear a little cap, so I don't know. It feels like Woods or Cup has to go. They just kind of feel like the same wide receiver, honestly. I don't like, like, just a different color. Like, not, like, literally, like, not to sound like that, but, like, that's the truth, man. Like, I think one of them needs to go. I prefer it to be Woods because I think Cup has a higher ceiling, personally, uh, but that's just me. You know what? It's interesting. I just think... At this point, like, if this Rams team does not get their shit together, if Stafford does not stay healthy, it's over. It's game over. Like, they they can't rebuild. They're in a Brooklyn Nets no. situation from a couple years ago with no picks, no really young guys you can bank on, and a bunch of huge contracts. They're, they're screwed if they don't win the championship in the next couple years. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, McVay's a ballsy motherfucker. I mean, I, I McVay's a good coach. No matter what happens, they're going to be competitive at least the next few years, as long as he's in that system. I, I'd say he's an upper echelon coach in the league. Easy, easy, without a doubt. Definitely. 
So, you know what? Now that we've talked to, you know, the breaking news, let's get into it. And let's talk the upcoming rookie class. There's a lot of guys I know, especially Boz, who does all of his Devi shit, is super high on. So, Boz, start us off. I have a feeling I know who the first guy is going to be. I didn't even look at who you picked. But, you know what? <laughs> tell, us, tell, us, I, tell us who it is. Actually, I don't know if you know who it's going to be, uh, if you hadn't looked. But Rondale Moore, this guy, did you know that? Yeah. Yeah, yep. we're, we're not even shocked. <laughs> yeah, uh, Rondell Moore, he's my wide receiver too right now, and he's closer to number one than number three. He In high school, he ran a 4-3-3-40. He has, he's had an injury la- the last two years. He's had injury issues. He's played seven games total the last two years. and uh, But his breakout age is 18.2. That's 99th percentile. The only only player that like I can remember even coming close to that is Brian Edwards, and his was 17.8, but that's just unheard of. And uh, Well, Brian Edwards didn't really work out, so watch out, boss. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's true, that's true. But, hey. Rondo- I know it's early. My bad. I didn't mean to throw you off your mind. <laughs> Rondo Moore, he's an electric player. He's Every time he touches the ball, he's a playmaker. He's a threat to go the distance, and – What's going to separate him in the league is he's going to be a reception magnet. Whichever team takes this player is going to have to spend a first-round pick on him. And this year he played in only three games, and his reception totals were 12, 7, and 15. He's just going to be a reception magnet. And every time he touches the ball, he's going to be, he's going to be a threat to go the distance. So he is going to be a fantasy PPR weapon. He he's he looks to be dangerous, but I will say this. I find him in the same situation that Rager was in going into last year's draft. It is purely based on whatever team he lands on. I wouldn't put him as like a CD lamb, walk into an offense and like do well, or Justin Jefferson, like and just walk in and immediately kick take off. I think more is like very much predicated on landing in the right offense. And if he were to land in like Philly, I don't know. I don't know. It'd be interesting to watch him and Rager play together, but like it's the same thing. Situation based, I think, for him. So his freshman year though, Purdue was definitely not a oh, dynamic offense. Yeah, and he he took that team and just put it on his back. So to be fair, I, the college is a different ballpark though. Yeah. You I, you can I, you I'd can agree with that, definitely. You can be elite in college and just never show up. I mean, look at Darius Geis. I think the only thing he's shown up for is a court date. So I mean yeah. the fuck the fuck is going on. I think that I think that it's just it's tough with the wide receivers. I don't like banking on them early. Uh, Freaking Corey Davis um, and a bunch of other ones who have burned me in the past have left a sour taste in my personal mouth. And I kind of went all in on Jalen Ragor this year. So that's another one who's now burned me. Um, So that's just my personal take on it. I do have a question, though. You mentioned he's your number two wide receiver. Chase is your one, right? Yes. Like we're not stupid right now? Yeah. Okay, uh, okay, good. Okay, okay, okay. I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you are going to, like, go crazy there for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, hit us with uh, hit us with your first rookie. Who are you high on? Who's giving you a little chub in the offseason right now? <laughs> yeah, um, it's funny. I, I want to talk about two guys. One of them is pretty obvious, and then the other one – actually, they're both kind of obvious, but uh, – Travis uh, Etienne is probably my favorite player in the entire draft. I think everybody who knows me knows that I love the guy. Um, Clemson running back, I think he's going first round. It's possible he goes early second just because of how running backs are drafted in today's league. You know, 5'10", 205, young as hell. He's got a good frame for sure. 
I think the possible landing spots for him, especially I could see the Niners potentially if they don't believe in, you know, the whatever the bums that they have at running back that somehow work out. I could see the Dolphins for sure because I think the Dolphins are going all offense this draft. I could see the Steelers, obviously, and then my own team, Buffalo, who that's where I think he's going to go is Buffalo, uh, personally. Uh, you know, again, as I said, he's got decent size. He's explosive as hell. He's a human highlight reel, kind of like Rondo Moore. Um, his vision's a little subpar, but we saw JT with the same problems, and he's adjusted fine now that he's at the NFL level. Yeah, like, I, I, I think Etienne's, like, I think either – it's difficult. I think not Najee Najee Harris is like super close to where I would like in the rankings between the two. They're going one and two for sure. I don't know who's going first, but I think they're going one and two. For I, sure. I think I will say this. I think Etienne is the only running back. If I were a team that I would take in the first round, I don't think I would take Najee Harris in the first round. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, Etienne is definitely more of an offensive weapon, and he's going to help your NFL yeah. team more than Najee, I'd say. Najee is such a complete back, though. He's he's patient. Like, he's a different type of back than Etienne. Etienne's more of just a one cut and gone. But yeah, yeah. Etienne is just – his contact balance is right there with Najee. You know what, he's, man? I want to – I want to see him in Buffalo so bad, man. Not even just as a fan. I just think that landing spot is too good, man. With Josh Allen, Diggs, and him, holy crap! Like I can't even like. Yeah, be, no. Let's keep the run- <laughs> Let, Let's keep the running back, uh, running back narrative rolling. I got one as well that I want to talk about, and this guy. I, you know, he slid down draft rankings, but he is still going to be a game changer. That's my Canadian boy, Chubba Hubbard. You, you can't, you can't laugh. I, he's got a ridiculous name, I know, and his receiving skills are not at par what they should be for a guy who's about to enter the NFL. But he's a bowling ball. He is an actual bowling ball. I understand he had a down twenty twenty year. He was like, I'm not going to play because of COVID, and then he played seven games. Uh, he had half the rushing attempts, but he still never dipped under like f- he never dipped under four and a half yards per carry. He averaged four point seven throughout the whole seven games he played with six hundred twenty five yards. He is not a receiving back. He will be in my mind when I look at him. I picture him as like a the best way I would describe him is like he's going to be like a Zach Moss, but just a million times better. He will run the ball down your throat. And it's not just because he's from Edmonton where it's so fucking cold. I think he's just like one of the best backs out there. But I just want to give an honorable mention to Kennedy Brooks out of um, out of uh, Oklahoma, you know, on the other side of the state. He deserves a mention as well. But Chubba Hubbard is the guy for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to disagree here. I am not a Chuba <laughs> Hubbard guy. He is kind of a straight line runner. Like he he has no real lateral quickness. And when when the hole isn't there, he's not gonna make any plays. He's gonna be landing spot dependent because of that. I can see him having success in like San Fran because he's just a, he's a zone back where he needs to have the hole open right away. He's got the track speed, he has good balance, but he's a straight line runner and he runs straight up and he's not very creative. Yeah, yeah, my fear with that is we've seen that before, too. And they've flashed and gone out of the league. Uh, Jordan Howard comes to mind as a perfect example of somebody who couldn't, you know, do anything but basically run in a straight line. Uh, And that was really about it. And 
we now don't even know is Jordan Howard still in the league? I think he still is technically, but he's been flopped around like a like a whore in a whorehouse, man. <laughs> you know what? Somebody will break the molds, and I believe it'll be Trouble Hubbard. I I think if he works on his pass catching abilities, I'm not saying he's going to be like a perennial All Pro, Pro Bowl every year player, but he will have his years. I think if if he lands in the right spot, lands with the right running back coach. I think the sky's honestly the limit for him. I think he would look perfect in Philadelphia. I like I'm not an Eagles guy, but I think he'd look perfect in Philadelphia as a nice compliment to Sanders, especially because Sanders is always injured. Yeah, I think I think where he is right now, he definitely has high potential to like outplay his ADP. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, Boz, hit us with your second guy who you got. Yeah, so I'm going RB here as well. I got Javian Hawkins out of Louisville. He's an undersized back. He's 5'9", 196. However, he's a tough little guy. Against uh, Miami, he carried the ball 27 times, and that's when they were a top-10 team, and he was getting – it was a rough 27 carries. He was getting lit up every play, and it's not – and he was just getting better as the game went on, and it's not unusual for him to have, like, 30-touch games. His lateral quickness is – absolutely phenomenal they call him playstation for a reason he hasn't been asked to pa- uh, be a pass catching back but his numbers have improved every year as a red shirt freshman he uh ran for 1500 yards on 260 carries he just had four receptions as a red shirt freshman and as a sophomore he had 800 yards rushing on 130 carries Probably would add more if Louisville had played more games this year, but he had 16 receptions in a lot less games. And he's going to be a satellite back, but I think he really – he's undersized, but I think he can carry the ball 20-plus times in the NFL again. You know what? And, like, that's fine. I think the NFL needs more, like, Naeem Hines type of guys to come in. I think if you're looking at a guy who's a phenomenal just, like, all-around back in college and then came into the NFL and broke out – uh, it's Antonio Gibson, duh. Like I, th- but I think Gibson got like a lot of luck. I like him. I like your pick. I don't know how high he'll go. I, I'm looking at him in like a in an actual like rookie draft for dynasty. I'm thinking he's like a beginning of third, back of third, depending on where he lands. But he is like one of my like real sleepers. Like if I can get a hold of him in the third, I'm I'm drafting him. Yeah, I like him too. It again, I, I don't want to be like, you know, we already talked about how landing spot is everything, but I think that's definitely the case here again. Uh he kind of reminds me of Cam Akers a bit, where you people were like, Cam Akers can't catch the ball, but that's just because he wasn't used like that in college. Uh and people kind of wrote them off uh because of landing spot more than anything else in a long time coming before he finally got his rock. But I think you ask anybody now, Cam Akers is borderline top 10 dino back without a doubt, uh, especially now that they have Stafford there too. So I, I do see similarities between the two of them there. Um, and obviously he's undersized. I don't personally like betting on undersized backs, but to each their own. <laughs> Fuck yeah, Kevin he, Singletary. He, he needs his own scheme, but I don't think, the the draft capital is gonna be there where any other team would pick him. Like zone zone backs usually go late in the draft, so no. Yeah, yeah. no, for sure. All right, so Kyle, I did look at this one guy that you were talking about. So hit us with it. Who's your next guy? 
Yeah, um, we could have obviously talked about Trevor Lawrence, but I want to just talk about Justin Fields more so just because I think everybody really knows about Lawrence a little too much, if anything. Uh, I think he's going first round as well. Most likely the second quarterback off the board, but there's obviously a lot of people who think Wilson might be the second quarterback off the board. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly when he goes. I think a lot of people think the Jets are going to take him, but I think the Jets would be dead stupid to draft him personally. I think they should give Darnold another year or try to throw the house for Deshaun Watson, who for some reason wants to go there. I don't want to get into that right now. Uh, other landing spots that make sense, the Falcons have a top five pick. I think it's pretty obvious it's time to move on from the Matt Ryan regime. Um, the Lions make sense as well. I don't know if they even believe in Goff. They got the picks, right? They, I don't think they cared about getting Goff in that trade. They really wanted the two first-round picks, in my opinion, personally. Uh, I think the Niners make sense. The Vikings make sense as well. Patriots obviously are probably taking a quarterback this draft. I don't, I don't see how they survive otherwise. Maybe Boss can speak on that in a minute here. Uh, and then uh, the Raiders as well as another possible landing spot. Yeah. Um, so what I think the Patriots should do, <laughs> we'll definitely get some people mad. I can, I can go into that later. But um, I, like, I like Fields. He's super complete quarterback. I definitely like him more than Wilson. He's had – more years of being an elite quarterback. We've never seen him really do bad. He's just, he's always good. Yeah. And I, I didn't even talk about pros and cons pros, obviously Uh, his throwing motion and his, his, his arm is so fucking tight. That spiral is really sexy. I mean, almost every time he throws the ball, it looks like a, like something out of a movie. He's obviously had a lot of success in college, absurd amount of success. Uh, He's very coachable. Uh, the decision-making worries me a bit, but, I mean, Josh Allen was horrible with his decision-making for three years, but now I think everybody would trade their house for him. You know <laughs> what? I, I will, people talk a lot about what Fields did in college. I think it's more important to reflect on what he did in high school. What he did in high school is he played literally right next door to Trevor Lawrence, showed up to every single game that he played in and put up similar stats, but never got the recognition that Lawrence got. Because he doesn't have the flow, bro. <laughs> he doesn't have the hair. <laughs> then, then he goes to the Elite 11 and pulls off the upset and wins MVP, goes to Georgia. And honestly, the only reason he didn't start over Fromm, you know, but it was just because Fromm had got them to a national championship a couple years prior. So he wasn't going to win that job. I think right now, Fields is the number two quarterback, without a doubt. Yeah. Uh, you can talk Wilson. You can talk Trask. You can talk Mac Jones. They're all good. They're, I think they'll all be successful in what they do in the NFL. But Fields is arguably like – this isn't me saying – like you remember when Josh Rosen was arguably the second best quarterback in his draft in 2018? That, that, that this ain't it this ain't it like Justin Fields <laughs> is the second best quarterback and I'll segue that into it I gotta say Trevor Lawrence is the best prospect in the draft besides the left tackle out of Oregon and I can never pronounce his name right Panay Suel I think it's pronounced he's he is elite he in my opinion should be talked about as a generational player just as much as Lawrence is but Lawrence is the best skill player in this draft. His stats prove it. He went into college and ripped it up. Went to a bowl game every single year he was in college. Clemson was in the top four. 
every single year. He took over for Watson and never looked back. I think to say, and like, you know, Joe Theismann said today that he would select Zach Wilson over Trevor Lawrence. One, most overhyped, <laughs> most overhyped quarterback to ever play in the NFL is Joe Theismann. Wait, what? <laughs> what? Joe Theismann said he would take, he would take, he would take Lawrence second over Zach Wilson, which is completely crazy. But if I'm the Jaguars and I'm listening to anybody else, I am taking the generational quarterback every single time. This isn't like Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf situation. This is clear cut. There is a Greek Adonis sitting in front of you. Just pick him. <laughs> yeah, I think since high school, it's been Lawrence and Fields. Everyone knows they were going to go one and two in the draft. Like they've just, been, they're both the chosen ones, and yes. they've lived up to the hype. It's it's yeah. There's there's enough to be said. I I will say, uh, if I was a fan of a college team and it happened to be Clemson, I'd be a fucking happy camper the last eight years. My fucking god! He had two of the arguably Watson right now is a top five quarterback who hopefully hopefully gets delivered to a freaking promised land because he deserves it. Like well, they (laughs) they also have the Californian kid drawing a blank on his name, backing him up. Boz, help me out here. What's the? I can't. I'm not going to bother trying to pronounce his name. Uh, oh, yeah, DJ Ugalele. Thank you. He, he looks like – he looks just as – like not as good as like Lawrence. He looks just as good as Watson did in college though. And the limited snaps that he got as a freshman, he is a I don't know. Stud. They're a QB factory. It's official. I don't know how Lawrence didn't win a Heisman in his three years there. I, every single year, just somebody had a, a an NCAA career year, but like – Lawrence, oh my God, if you don't take him, like, and, and I mean this, like, if you in your dynasty league have the 1.1, there's probably a good reason you have that first overall pick. And it's probably because <laughs> you don't have the quarterbacks. It's probably because you're like me and you banked on Minshew and Trubisky and Haskins as sleepers and they did Andrew Locke. Andrew, <laughs> and they did nothing. <laughs> but like you're you're crazy if you're the Jaguars if you have the first overall pick in your rookie draft and you don't trade take Lawrence or trade that first round pick for like CMC you're crazy you're absolutely crazy I don't know what you're doing I was just in I was yeah. just in a startup and uh right away the top top four QBs went and I took uh the 101 pick 101 at number eight overall nice that's a good that's actually a good move man and top four that went well what was the order for that i'm just uh, curious I, well, we have a few I believe there. it was uh mahomes kyler then allen then watson good i'm so i'm Great. so glad yeah. nobody's drafting lamar jackson anymore in the top three to five qbs fuck that guy <laughs> <laughs> you hate him a look, little too much in look, my opinion i think I think if they could get a wide receiver one this offseason and <clears throat> fire Greg Roman, um, they could be okay as far as things Look, go. I'm, but, I'm mean, not saying anything except for my first article with Dynasty Nerds is going to be Lamar Jackson is not worth his ADP. It's already been accepted. It's coming out. I'm ready to – I've already got all my notes ready to go. It just needs to be written out, and I will – like if you think it's bad what I say about him on this podcast, like, I will be p- appropriate and polite because of what Dynasty Nerds is, but it's going to be statistically ripping into his, like, into his, uh, and, and 
like while we're on the topic of Lamar Jackson, if I'm the Ravens, I am not paying him top five QB money. It's ridiculous to do. No way. And they're but they're but they're well, going to. They are going to. They're going to pay him top five QB money this offseason. I got one more question before we wrap this up. Does Josh Allen get paid this offseason and how much? He he should. He should get paid whatever he wants. Like I, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> he's on every single year, and he is right there right now. Like there, he could be the second best QB in the league. Very, very well. I, I personally is and dynasty. I'm taking him number two to Mahomes. That's me personally. I think Kyler comes up as a close three potentially, and if Justin Herbert's the real deal, he might be top four at this time next year. Um, he might already be top five in Dino, honestly, just because of his ceiling. And then obviously, if Watson. I don't know if Watson goes to somewhere that has like, you know, brain cells, he could be, you know, back into that conversation again. It's just, I, I like Allen a lot. I really, I just, and you're, you might not agree with this. They can't give him Patrick Mahomes money. If he turns around and says, give me like a 10 year, $400 million contract. I don't think he like that. He's not going to be like that. I like, I personally just watching videos of the guy, he's humble. I think he understands how the team works. I think he's not going to ask for the house. I think he's going to want to get paid properly, but I could see something as opposed to 50 a year, maybe 40 if, or I don't know, 30. If I'm if like, I'm being if I'm being I'm giving him a 5-year 200 million dollar contract. That's probably the most I would pay. Yeah. They might also just offer him a bridge contract for 2 years or that's, something like that just stupid. to be like prove that's it again. Stupid. I don't I, I, I'm just I'm just saying logically I wouldn't be shocked. I would I mean, just they paid Trey White in the offseason like a top five corner and he freaking regressed like a motherfucker. So <laughs> you know what? It's all about analytics now, right? Like let's just it's my yeah. ball. So like we'll see what happens. Um, all right, but we are let's we're wrapping this up. So we talked our rookies. When we come back, we are going to chit chat about our sleeper teams to make the Super Bowl next year or to win the Super Bowl next year. And then we're going to hit you with our Super Bowl predictions. So make sure you stick around. We are talking teams that we think are just primed for the Super Bowl, primed for that next step. And let's just get it started off. How? Let's just get you going first because I can see that chub poking through your, uh, through your cam right now. So just get started. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll get them out of the way because I can't not talk about teams that are contenders for the next, whatever, 10 years or so. Come on, Buffalo, man. Like, you got to talk about the Bills season, man. It's a good season. I'm a little disappointed, obviously, but I don't know. I don't know why I ever expect anything to change. Uh, I mean, that's another note for a saddened Bills and Canucks fan that has just never seen a championship ever in his lifetime, personally. Uh, but, I mean, what, what could be said? Josh Allen took massive steps forward this year. The addition of Stefan Diggs was such a I, – I, at this point, maybe even a steal. Like, honestly, I understand Justin Jefferson was on the other side of it, but, you know, led the league in receiving yards and almost every other category receptions. Um, they're, you know, missing a few pieces, in my opinion. We already talked about how they need a running back pretty damn badly at this point. I think they could use another corner uh, to support Trey, uh, Trey White more than anything else. They need an edge rusher, without a doubt. Their lack of pressure on quarterbacks – is uh, laughable, to say the least. And Jerry Hughes is not getting any younger, and he's probably their best edge rusher as of today. Uh, and then, I don't know, maybe a, a tight end. I'm not sure if Knox is really that much of the real deal, personally. Boss? Yeah, um, I, I agree. I think 
the Bills, they run the AFC East now. I kind of got to accept that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> there's still Mahomes on the other side in the NFC. Oh, oh yeah. The AFC. So it's, then, it's, it's, they're a good team. It's just on offense, on defense, this year kind of showcased the holes that that defense has, especially in big game moments. Ed, Ed Oliver has not shown up when called upon, except towards, I'll give him this, in the playoffs, he kind of came through a couple times, but Ed Oliver didn't really show up much in the regular season. And then, like, you're right, there's no edge rushing, so that front seven needs some work. Uh, but you have two solid... You have a strong side linebacker in Milano who looks phenomenal uh, in coverage if he can stay healthy. Tremaine Edmonds started slow and then boom again made another Pro Bowl if I'm not mistaken. It is, your yeah. your DBs are good; they're just aging. That's the only thing. I think shore up a couple of maybe grab a young corner in the second round this year or third round, and then maybe you you draft an edge rusher, you trade up and draft as one of the phenomenal guys. And I, you know what, I, I can say this: it'll Buffalo's team will start to equal up to their their defense will equal up to the offense. Yeah, I think right now they are the second best team in the AFC. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I yeah. think they, I think they should get, a, they should throw the Texans like a fifth round pick and take JJ Watt off their hands, man. Give that guy some life, man. I'd love to see him on a team that actually, you know, wants to win. Honestly, I, I love Watt, but at his age and his injuries and the regression he's faced, I'm not trading for him. Not for that contract. A fifth? I, that's what I'm saying. If you not could just that, throw something. Not for that contract. It. It's, not, it's not worth it. It's not for that. He, what is he going to give me? Five sacks? Like, I mean, if, if you get him, he might give you a Super Bowl. He's, he is legit. Like, if you can hold that ca- uh, contract for a year or two, then I'd trade for him. Uh, I think they have the space too, and also on top of it, he's a leader, man. He's a big time leader. You hear, you hear his speech trashing the Texans at the end of the season. That was like fucking emotional, man. You talk like you talk about like you could see the pain. He was like, "I'm sorry to the Texans fans," like and like like that. Uh, I got I got a few tears in my eyes listening to that, man. No joke. Jesus, you know what? And while we're on the topic of AFC East, I'm going to talk about my first, and this one's going to piss Kyle off so much, and it's not meant to. Miami Dolphins, man. And you know what's going to piss off both of you? What am I saying? The Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and like, look, whether they trade for Watson or not, I think Tua can do it. I think Tua can do it. He's coming, he was coming off a gnarly hip injury. You can't, like, and he, he was, his parents didn't want him to play. His agent didn't want him to play. And he still went in there. He, and he proved himself. He went up against Kansas City and still played a baller game. Uh, I don't know why you would start him over Fitzpatrick only to put Fitzpatrick in in the big moments. Why not just roll with him, allow Tua to mature behind him? But they have one of the best defenses in the uh, one of the best defenses in the league. I don't think people really realized how valuable Kyle Van Noy really was. I think a lot of people called him a system of Bel- like a like Belichick's system guy, but he proved that he is valuable t- to other teams. I think they have one of the best front sevens, uh, Christian Wilkinson. Holy crap. Uh, and then you've got their offense. If they can draft a wide receiver, if they get their hands with that fourth pick, if they get like a Devontae Smith or they get a Jamar Chase or they even – A Rondo Moore. <laughs> Rondo Moore. And then they pair him with Parker. And if Preston Williams can stay healthy and have a, a knee, then maybe the, I think that team – like. 
the sky's the limit. And then if they trade it for Deshaun Watson, I don't know. I it might be game over. You might you, the Bills' reign might come quick. You know. All right, calm down. Hey, hey, Boz, talk first before I get mad. <laughs> <So, laughs> Miami, Miami has a good young core. I am a Tua believer. I think he's a big buy right now because everyone's like, oh, get rid of him while you can. You, He's a big buy right now. They <clears throat> they didn't let him like take the keys to that car and just drive. So they're going to do that next year. And I don't think they're going in for uh, Watson. But if they give Tua the keys to that offense and they – have to hit on a wide receiver. That's the big thing for me. They got Devontae Parker, who's old as hell, and uh, <laughs> Preston Williams, who can't stay on the field. So, And then Gesicki, to be honest, I am not a Gesicki believer. I think he's just Damn. an athletic specimen, and he's not much more than that. So they need to hit on a weapon early in this draft, and then we can start talking about them competing with the Bills for that AFC East. You know, what? I yeah, wanna... I think not even a weapon. They need to they need to help that line too. I don't mm-hmm. think that line up to up to par either. I do like their defense. Obviously, they I think they led the league in takeaways, but also, I mean, I think there's maybe some issues in that locker room. I mean, the their performance in the last week of the season against the Bills, who played half their backups. I mean was pretty fucking laughable uh, for a team that's going to contend against us. But the next few years, I'm, uh, I mean, Josh Allen whipped his freaking you-know-what out and shoved it down their throat. And then Matt Barkley did the same thing in the second half. <laughs> what? <laughs> look, look, Brian, and this is what not people remember. Brian, Brian Flores Blind. is a top, bleh, bleh, bleh. Brian Flores <laughs> is a top 10 coach in the NFL. No. This season proved it. This season proved it, and next season we'll double down on it. They, if I think a dream scenario for this team, a dream freaking scenario for this team is they go up, they sign Mike Davis dirt cheap. They finally get a running back. Okay, Mike Davis what? proved. Mike Davis proved he can do it. Bro, he'll be dirt cheap. He'll be he'll be dirt cheap. He'll be he'll be dirt cheap. They go out and get him. They don't trade for Watson and keep Tua. They draft Devontae Smith with that pick that they got from Houston. Then Juju's not signing with the Steelers. Miami would be really good for his brand and what he's trying to grow. They could get him for a reasonable price. Then you have Devontae Smith, Juju, and an aging Devontae Parker who will allow the young guys to age into the system. Their defense is perfect. It's like, and yes, they had a bad game against the Bills. I know yeah. the the Bills. Let's not forget what happened with the like the Hale Kyler Murray fucking just on your team in the fourth quarter. That's one play. I I can't, Boss. Please talk about somebody else. So I'm done with this. Quick, <laughs> I Brian Flores is not a good coach, dude. Come on. Like we saw him. We saw him basically ruined to his rookie year by going back and forth with him and Fitzpatrick and just not knowing what to do with that. But anyway, I'll get into my first team, and that is the Cleveland Browns because with the way that Baker Mayfield ended the season, the Browns were contenders. They were contenders without doing a thing to their team. And um, Rashard Higgins was just a yard away from beating the Chiefs in the playoffs. And I'm telling you, the Browns, They have a few pieces entering free agency and not a whole lot of uh, cap room to play with, but 
the main pieces that they lose are just Larry Ogunjobi, Rashard Higgins, and Carl Joseph. And all of them are replaceable by the draft. If they can hit yeah. on a defensive back, I think they got to go defensive back in round one. And if they can hit on a defensive back, then their team will just have playmakers all over the field. Baker Mayfield, he's shown that next step. I think the end of the year was enough to give me that spark to think they will be contenders for a long time. Honestly, I, I was I, I, I was never not a, a Baker guy. I named my dog after him. Fuck, I loved him <laughs> in Oklahoma. I loved him. I even loved him at Texas Tech. And I think... What this proves is this. What's he, this season proved is they have to give it to Vodell Beckham Jr. Because the, yeah. the problem is, is they're forcing took the words they're, out of my mouth. <laughs> well, they're, they're forcing him the ball. Like you can't. Like the the thing is, is and what I really like about a guy like um, Jarvis Landry is he's not like give me the ball, give me the ball. I need the ball. I need to put my stats up. Like you are. Like he's a team first guy. Odell is not that. Odell says, I want this many receptions. You need to throw to me this many times. And it showed that their passing game struggled when Baker felt like he had to get OBJ the ball to live up to the contract that he signed. They move on from OBJ, trade him, grab a second round pick, and get yourself trade for a safety, you know? And then, honestly, they can. this team has proved that they know how to draft, and I'm not worried. I'm not worried yeah. at all. I think this team takes off, and I love Larry Ogunjobi, but he had a down year this year, not up to the standards that he's played to in years past. And Carl Joseph was a flop of a first-round pick by the Raiders a couple of years ago, so it makes sense. I don't think he'll sign with the team until midseason next year. It'll be a Trey Boston situation, but yeah, I don't know. This team is electric, all I can say. The Browns are awesome. I'm a big fan of their roster. Uh, it's really good top to bottom. I don't think Beckham's the only one that's leaving this offseason. I said it last episode. I think they will trade Austin Hooper. I think they've realized they overpaid for him. You can see him going to a team like the Bengals. Makes a lot of sense. Bengals get a weapon for Joe Burrow. Browns get, a, get rid of Austin Hooper's massive, stupidly high contract. Still doesn't make any sense. They paid him that much money. Uh, but either way, if they could get rid of Beckham and Hooper, and focus that money on the defense. And uh, somebody I personally love to watch, Colin Coward, has talked about it before, how they their 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 team is like, no, like this is actually a true no, point. No, 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 no. I just, I just want to point out, you're the only I guy. I, 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 and, and look, I love you before I love you before I say this. You're the only guy I know who plays cyberpunk religiously still, and you're the only guy I've ever heard say he loves listening to Colin Coward. So I think he's awesome. All right, let me just prove my point. He's the man. Uh, But either way, but he did prove a a true point. He was talking, I was listening to the show the other day. Most of the Browns' money is on the offensive side of the ball. It's time they switch that script. Yeah, like I think Najoku and Bryant can carry the load. If they offload Hooper, they offload Beckham, they get the draft capital they're worth, maybe an additional. Like, who are they paying on defense outside of Garrett? Like, can you even think of one player? No, <laughs> and you know what? I... <laughs> Nobody, right? Like, like that's my point. They're not paying anybody. And on offense, they have the most expensive offensive line. They're paying Beckham, I don't even know, twenty million, I think, something like that. Hooper, fifteen million. Like what? Jarvis Landry, twelve million or something like that. It's just, it's way too much money on the offense. Not enough money on the defense. And what was the Browns' biggest flaw this year? Their fucking defense was atrocious, like a horrible, like. Who knows? Maybe, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, uh, you know, make the trades they need. They've shown they can do, they can draft well. Uh, 
but you know what? I also think Olivier Vernon needs to go. He's they do have team. a top ten coach. Right? Fun yeah. fact: Ver- <laughs> Vernon's a free agent. Too. Is Vernon yeah. okay? Let Vernon walk. I, He's not yeah, worth I, bringing him. I back. don't think Vernon is really anything at this point. No, he, no. he is. He's he's just like a a veteran voice. All right, Kyle, hit us with uh, your second team, not yeah. the Bills. So who's it going to be? I I, I, I can guess. You mentioned uh, the the Hail Murray, uh, whatever they ended up calling it, because that's actually my second team. I do have a few concerns about the Arizona Cardinals. I I don't know what the deal with Cliff is. I think he's made a lot of questionable coaching calls. I think he's a good offensive coordinator and a good mind for Kyler. But I don't know if he's a real head coach material in the NFL. That's my only big flaw with the team. I think they are missing a few pieces on defense, particularly cornerback is just horrible. Patrick Peterson is a shell of what he used to be. Buda Baker's a fucking damn good safety, though, which is a big benefit to them. And you saw their defense kind of get going in the second half of last year. And Kyler was injured the whole season. I mean, it just felt like he was never healthy. So if he can come back healthy – Obviously, they have Hopkins. They have a decent enough O-line. It's an, I mean, I know it's not incredibly impressive. They could use a tight end, in my opinion. I could see them taking Pitts in the first round. That's a solid I, – I think Pitts is, like, perfect for that team. Uh, I like – I actually like Cliff Kingsbury. I think he could step away maybe from the play calling. Might be the best decision, but I don't think he's done in the league necessarily. He is a good fit because I look at a guy like Kyler Murray, and yes, he's I think he's an elite quarterback, but his play style is still very college. So I think to have a, a like-minded college head coach is very, very good. And he is a QB whisperer, which they need for Kyler. But if they were to hand over the play calling duties, I think it would solve a lot of issues. And then maybe just bring in an edge rusher. They could really use an edge rusher. You know, Chandler Jones is still there. He's ancient, though. I feel like the guy's been in the league for way too long now. Uh, <laughs> they could use an edge rusher and another corner, honestly. I like I like uh, Patrick Peterson, but same thing, ancient. And uh, but it, it's, it's Murphy, right, who's the other corner, who's just like, yeah, he's good, but he won't he won't be a cornerback one for that team anytime soon. All right, can we all agree that Isaiah Sim uh, Isaiah Simmons is a linebacker? He is a linebacker. They, yeah, hundred percent. He came alive in the second yeah. half of the year. They need to stick him there. They need to keep him at linebacker. They've been <laughs> in the safety way too much, and I think he just needs to have a position that he can focus on, and then he is going to be one of the premier players in the league. Well, they pulled a. They agree. Well, they, the problem was they paid Jordan Hicks. They gave DeAndre Campbell uh, money as well, so the linebacker core got a little overcrowded. And then they took him, and it was like, "Fuck, what? Are, what are you going to do with this guy now?" Like, I feel like they shouldn't have signed Hicks personally. Uh, that's just one of my takes, like as far as the team goes. Um, but you know, well, the different. I think they thought they would take like a, a Julius a Peppers approach to the whole situation. Uh, where you remember Peppers got was a linebacker. He was everything in college. And then they drafted him, and they were kind of like, we're going to play you here, here. But the difference is, is like Isaiah Simmons is just built physically different than Peppers. Like, they're not the same build. They're not the same player. And I think he is a very good strong side linebacker. Keep him on the strong side of the field. He doesn't need to rush. When he does rush, he's dynamic. But if you just keep him playing off, like he's perfect to match up against the tight end. I like if I don't know why you want to keep him on the line of scrimmage against the tight end once, and I think he could shut guys down. Yeah, 
He's going to be uh, Dante Hightower part two, except even better than at coverage. Okay. I could see that for okay. sure. And what's his name blew up finally this year? Who's the linebacker they took in the first round? Who finally oh, Hassan Reddick. Yeah, he Hassan had a phenomenal season. Finally moved to the edge where he should have been the whole time again. Like, let's just say that again. So, and how many sacks did he get this year? It was a lot, dude. Ten like, and he, and a half. A- he put up five sacks in a single game. Yeah, so there we go. <laughs> I had him I had him in one IDP league, ran and started him 60 points. Yeah, I'm not surprised. All right, boss, hit us with your second team. Who you got? All right, so the team that is built to make a dive into this playoffs is the Colts because they are built just how the ten- uh, Tennessee was last year. And I don't know. Jonathan Taylor is Fuck he, he yeah. might just be <laughs> the best pure running back in the league. After, I mean, you, I guess Derrick Henry is still there, but he's 27. I don't think he can uh, continues that even next year. I think the best pure runner is Jonathan Taylor. Um, how can you contend without a quarterback? Basically, you've got to be built how Indianapolis is built. A very strong running game with an elite O-line and a monster in the backfield. And you got to have a great defense, and they do. The Colts enter the offseason with a lot of cap space as well. They have no real free agents that they need to get back badly. T.Y. Hilton is probably the biggest name there. Uh, I guess Phillip Rivers, but I hope they don't go Phillip Rivers again. I hope they – No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He, um, so, anyway, I think they should make a move for Matt Ryan because Atlanta is pretty clearly going quarterback at number four overall. And Matt Ryan still has a year of contention left, at least. I think if they add Matt's, Matt Ryan and then with that cap room, they can add a little weapon or something along those lines, think, they're going to be a contender. My thing is this, and I agree with your take. I love the Colts. They were one of my other picks that I was thinking of. Um, but my thing is, why do what you just did with Philip Rivers? You get Matt Ryan, you get another aging quarterback. I think you need a finally commit and find somebody personally, Uh, maybe take somebody in the first round. Uh, They do have some people who they will have to pay soon. Darius Leonard is going to want the house and he deserves the house and he might demand it this off season. I wouldn't be shocked if he does uh, and threatens a holdout because it's what now his third off season. So that's normally the time where, where the demands start coming out, but the Colts are, fuck man, they almost beat us without a quarterback with, with Phillip rivers, man. That's that's embarrassing. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm gonna say this. Wentz to the Colts makes the most sense for both parties. Carson Wentz pl- does, has yeah. like a similar he he has a similar play style to Rivers, except he's just better at running the ball. He has a cannon for an arm. He's 28. They just need to work on his footwork and how he how he stands when he releases and his decision making. But I think Wentz is the perfect pick for that offense. He can come in and they'll compete for a playoff spot right away. And it's and, and he signed long-term. And I think if they were to do that, you would then look at it and say, well, Wentz won and the Eagles won in that trade. My yeah, I, I actually like Wentz a lot. I didn't want to say his name just because I have a feeling the news is about to break that he's going to the Bears. But, hey. I would love the Colts. Yeah, I, I saw an offer to the Bears, which I'm not happy about either. I, I saw it was the most money. I wanted him to go to the Colts. It kind of felt like what you just said. They're built like the Titans. Pretty sure Tannehill was basically 28 or 29 when he went to the Titans. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? It felt like, yeah. like everybody thought Tannehill was done, and then all of a sudden 
no, he's not. He's actually a really good quarterback. We realize, uh, you know, Adam Gase is a fucking moron. I mean, that's, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole with that, Luke. Just wrap us up with your last team. <laughs> yeah, so this one is going to be controversial again. Um, but, but hear me out when I say this. The L.A. Chargers are built right. They're missing pieces on their defense. You know, they need a number one corner. They need Derwin James to stay healthy. Uh, they could probably use like another like coverage linebacker to throw in there with uh, the newly acquired Murray that they drafted last year. But they have Ingram and Bosa who are dynamic. Obviously, Ingram's regressing, but he is still serviceable. And Bosa is Joey Bosa, who, in my opinion, is the better Bosa brother still. Uh, and then if they got a good – because this draft is deep in wide receiver like last year – if they drafted a wide receiver in the second round to pair with Williams and with uh, with Keenan, even though Guyton looks like he could be great, Herbert looks phenomenal. The running back room is solid. Like if Eckler stays healthy, even even though Kelly had like an up and down rookie season, he shouldn't have been tossed into that role to begin with. But I still think he's got something to add to the team. Fuck Anthony Lynn, you know, and and just like this team. I think in a year or two with the right coaching, with the right direction, with the right draft and the right free agent signings, they can do and they can be the top team in LA without a doubt. Yeah. They, yeah. Uh, Derwin James is going to be asking for a lot of money soon, but he, he is worth it. I, Derwin James is the best safety in my, in the league, in my opinion. And, if he could ever yeah, stay healthy, I, I mean, I agree. I agree with you. Don't get me wrong. Uh, well, it's it's interesting because they had one of the highest scoring offenses, but it was their defense that like ruined it for them. It's game after game after game, and even their defense was highly ranked. I don't even think it was their defense's fault. Anthony Lynn was just a horrible coach, man. I I think most of their losses come down to his decision making. Yeah, it's it's going to come down to coaching for them. They definitely will need a switch. But Herbert is the guy that he's he's the guy. They they know he's the guy for a while, and that's how you build a team. You hit on a quarterback, so they can definitely make noise for a long time. Look, the I'm one, just, I'm the just one problem say- I was going to say, hold on, let me say my point for real quick. They have Mahomes in the same division, and the easiest way through the playoffs is to win your division, and they're never going to win that division. That's my one point. It is true. That, that, that is true. They will uh, never win that division, like ever, like I, but, at least for the next five years. Like, but Kansas City's core is aging. It, they're aging. It, it, in like Tyreek Hill is closer to thirty than he is to like twenty four at this point. He's not like he's he's in his prime, but will soon be leaving his prime. Kelsey's on the other side of thirty now. Uh, their defense is falling apart. It it showed in the regular season. You know, that team was carried by their offense. I and I think if Herbert is the guy we all think he can be, and like I'd love to one day apologize to him for ripping on him so hard. You know, it's it, it this team I think can do it. And look, I don't like college cube uh, college coaches necessarily coming up to the NFL because I don't think it always transitions. Kind of like a guy like Dabo Sweeney or um, uh, Saban. But Lincoln Riley, if he went to the Chargers, if they somehow tempted him, I think he could do it. I think he could whip that offense into shape. 
He would he'd bring in a guy for the defense and bada bing bada boom wild card spot every season minimum. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, it sounds like nobody contest. I thought that was going to be my more contested pick, not Miami. But all right. Well, they already um, hired a coach, so I don't know what you're talking about. They? Unless they hired no. like Yeah, they took the Rams. Come on. Yeah. Holy shit! Wait, who was it? The Rams defensive coordinator. They hired him like two weeks ago. I didn't even know that either. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, holy crap. I knew they moved on from Anthony Lynn. Yeah, Brandon Staley. You're right. Yeah, yeah, I was pissed because, I I mean, I'm happy – before we wrap this up, I'm happy Dable didn't leave, but I thought Dable to the Chargers would have just been the most absurd – combo in the history of the NFL maybe. Like I can't imagine Brian Dable with freaking with Justin All Herbert right. as his quarterback. Look what he did to Josh Allen. Imagine him going to freaking LA. I, I, I just I thought that was gonna be the, the combo. Honestly I thought it was always I thought Wade Phillips would have ended up coaching that team or at least on that coaching I'm 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 blown. I can't I, believe I, I didn't know that. I didn't like any of the coaching hires this offseason. That's my my own take. No, I you know no so Urban Meyer. I'm dead serious. He will do great things for Jacksonville. Urban Meyer will do great I things. I like for the Urban Meyer. He's one of well. the few he Urban Meyer literally said he <laughs> had offers on the table last year but took just a full year to get I, an understanding of the NFL I'd seen better. But you know before we wrap up really quick uh, let's let's do Super Bowl predictions really fast, Boz. I have a feeling you're gonna go Buccaneers because of Brady. But yeah. what do you think? Give us your give us who you think is gonna win in the score of the give game. Me Tampa Bay, thirty-one to twenty-seven. Um, I'm not one to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I think he's best talent that the league has ever seen, hands down. And I grew up a Pats fan. I've seen the man under center in Tampa Bay win playoff games since since the womb, and in Tampa. <laughs> Uh, that man barely has to do a thing. Like he, that, uh, that defense, that offense, like Tampa Bay is built to win a Super Bowl right now. And, um, the big, the big thing for me is Eric Fisher going down and Eric Fisher ruled out for the Super Bowl. So it's, it's going to be big. That old line is going to be affected. The whole line is going to be affected. And when, uh, the Bucks get pressure often, they create turnovers. They're a big turnover-based team, and Brady's going to have a short field the whole game, and he's going to light it up. Yeah, I agree. I'm going Bucks. I'm, but I'm saying it's a big scoring game. I'm saying it's Bucks forty-five to thirty-eight. That's my <laughs> prediction. Kyle, why don't you hit us really quick with your prediction? I have a feeling you're going Bucks as well. I am going Bucks as well. As somebody who watched Brady absolutely beat my ass for 20 years, I will never bet against him. Uh, and honestly, good point about Eric Fisher. Right before we wrap this up, I also just watched JPP uh, and uh, Shaq Barrett absolutely murder Aaron Rodgers last week. So yeah, I'm going Bucks. Yeah, like all right. 31-27 sounds good. I don't well, know. <laughs> that's our episode. That's a Super Bowl episode. Thank you, Boz, for coming on. It was a pleasure having you. Of course, you. boys. Thanks for having me. No worries, buddy. And if you guys all don't already, make sure you follow all of our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, at Dynasty King Podcast. And we look forward to uh, to chatting up you soon, Boz. Look forward to chatting with you boys again.